0: This episode of the Trek Geeks Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash trekgeeks. And you'll find over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any MP3 player. Check. Check one, two. Check, check, check. Chuckety-chuckle the chocolate chicken.
1: Hey. This Chuck Huber, Dr. Leonard McCoy from Star Trek continues, I'm a doctor, not a DJ. But I know that you are listening to the biggest little show
0: this side of the Alpha Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks podcast with Bill Smith and Dan Davidson, Davidson, Davidson. (coughs)
1: biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. This is Trek Geeks, a Star Trek podcast. Welcome, friends, to episode 40. Wow, that sounds so cool to say. Um, I'm your co-host, Bill Smith, and joining me as he does every episode, a man more likely to induce a nap than a plate full of tryptophan at Thanksgiving. He's the snoozing and coma-inducing Dan Davidson. Dan, how are you, buddy? Dan. Dan, wake up.
0: Huh? What? Hi. Hey, I'm buddy. I'm sorry. Hi. What? You're, a, you're oh, on. Are we on? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that uh, great introduction, as always. Those are the things I look forward to every time we sit down to do this, Bill. Really. No, I'm not kidding. Your
1: expectations are very low.
0: <laughs> it's good to be here. Did you have a good Thanksgiving?
1: I did. How about you?
0: It was fantastic. It was relaxing. It was... uh It was well, you know. Let me step back. I had to work on Thanksgiving, and and it didn't go as smoothly as I wanted. So I had several hours of uh, not uh, not fun. But then it was better. The weekend was good.
1: Several hours of not fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's never good when you have to work on Thanksgiving.
1: No, that's true. My wife and I were in uh, are outside of Atlanta for Thanksgiving at my sister's house. We had a fantastic time. It was like sixty degrees on Thanksgiving Day. It was beautiful. Then we went to the tree lighting in uh, in my sister's town that night because they do it Thanksgiving night. They get the whole town on the common and they light up the Christmas tree and Santa comes along and it's just a great way to kick off the holiday season.
0: It's pretty awesome. I know that they have a tree light or a a holiday stroll in my hometown of Nashua. Um, I know they had it this year, this past weekend. We didn't go to it, but um, I know the ones that I've gone to. It is it is quite a lot of fun to go to something like that. So I'm glad you had a good time. Awesome.
1: I'm uh, I'm glad that it was a great Thanksgiving for all of us, and um, well, we've kind of got uh, some stuff on the brain this week, wouldn't you say?
0: Uh, I would say just a little bit, uh, a <laughs> little uh, little TOS on the brain, so to speak.
1: Ever since our trip to the set for Star Trek continues a few weeks ago, we have just uh, we've been crushing on the original series, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. You know, it's a, it was the first one. It was the one we both cut our teeth on when it came to our Trek geekdom. And uh, I've just, I've been thinking about it a lot lately to the point where I think a, a complete rewatch of the original series is in order for 2016.
0: I'm up for that. All right. As, as we've pointed out in past uh, podcasts, we've never actually sat down and watched Star Trek together. No, we haven't. Ever. No. <laughs> Um, so uh, I think that we can do something like that, have kind of a mystery science theater 3000-esque theme to it, maybe.
1: That would be interesting, especially if we take an episode like Miri. Bonk, bonk on the head.
0: (laughs) Well, that's what I'll be doing to you. Wow, really? Yeah, happy Thanksgiving.
1: Lovey-dovey, bonk, bonk. (laughs) I just want to point out to Crazy Joe, this time I attached that quote to the right episode. (laughs) thank you crazy (laughs) joe so dan before we get to talking about star trek the original series we want to talk about recent items in the star trek universe and probably up first is an update for the star trek renegades kickstarter so how are they looking buddy
0: well there's two ways to look at it they're looking really good or they're going to fall just short um as we record tonight um, there's approximately fifty hours to go in the fundraiser. They're looking for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars and as of right now, the latest refresh, they're at three hundred and twenty-six thousand six hundred and three dollars. So they're about twenty four thousand, twenty-three in change from hitting their goal of three fifty. I would have said a day or so ago that it was gonna be tight and i didn't think they'd make it based on how it kind of dropped off over the last week but with only with only uh 24,000 left and 50 hours to go we usually see a, it's sort of like the jerry lewis telethon they start coming in like crazy at the end so i'm optimistic that they're going to make that 350 what do you think
1: i think they are they've they've had a lot of people tweeting on their behalf on social media trying to raise awareness and 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 money obviously i think that i think they will hit it i don't think they're going to You know, clear it by a mile. I think much like the last Axonar Kickstarter, it's gonna probably barely cruise over the line. You know, I think that perhaps maybe there's some some fundraising fatigue with fans to some extent because it seems like there's always another fundraiser or crowd crowdfunding uh, campaign. Mm -hmm. So, and and I think given what the first episode was like, it's made a lot of people less likely to donate. I know I'm in that camp quite
0: personally. I, I would have to agree. But at the same time, I'm also in the camp that with the changes that they've made since the first episode with the writing staff and, and even though we're not as up on all of the big names as some other people having those people in, I'm cautiously optimistic that they will be able to write the ship. Um, and if they're able to get this final $24,000, we'll be able to see if that's the case. I'll tell you what, this is a do or die episode for them. Um, yeah. if this one doesn't make it it, it, it I don't think there's going to be any chance that it's going to be that it's going to be able to continue. If this one or is, I should say the, Go ahead man.
1: If this one is greatly improved, I'm more than likely to donate in the future, but mm-hmm. they have to show me that they get Star Trek first. Right now I don't think they True. do that.
0: And what I was going to say is it's actually two episodes. This fundraiser is for episodes two and three. So it's, it's these two, these two episodes are the other make or break for, for renegades, in my opinion. And, and as, as negative as we were on our review when we did it a few uh, weeks ago or a couple months ago, I'm really, really hoping that they can do it right this time because I'd like to see it succeed.
1: Well, if it's going to be the final performances of Walter Koenig as Pavel Chekhov, I, I'm going to hope they do it right. Um, or right. else it's going to be a fairly, you know, meaningless end for that character's story, quite honestly. What,
0: what would you rather see, Bill? Let me ask you a little question here. Would you rather see a write-off in the sunset like Gandalf in Lord of the Rings or some, like, meaningless death like Kirk uh, in Generations or a death that actually saves the quadrant or something like that?
1: I almost feel like a death that saves the quadrant is a little too overdone mm mm-hmm. you know, No, it's like we see that all too much. I just want Chekhov to die for reasons we'll talk about <laughs> in the next segment. <laughs> wow. I, okay, Captain. I, I have no problems with, with Walter. Walter's a lovely man. Um he's he's so giving of his time. He loves the fans. He keeps getting involved with these these independent projects, and that's all keeping Star Trek alive. But Chekhov, well, we'll talk mm-hmm. about that in the next segment, won't we? <laughs>
0: we we shall.
1: So, Dan, there was also a a series of updates from our friends at Star Trek Continues, uh, some of which we knew about while we were there and others of which we saw for the first time ourselves.
0: We did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, The first thing that we saw when we showed up at the set of Star Trek Continues a few weeks ago was the new engineering set, which was magnificent. Um, And this week they uh, posted a video of the ribbon cutting of that, uh, of that set. Um, Vic, uh, Mignana and Chris Dewin were behind the ribbon and they had a speech. Each one of them had a little speech. And then, uh, Vic gave the scissors to the engineer himself and let him do the ribbon cutting. It was quite a, quite an awesome video. I thought,
1: I think so too. I thought it was incredibly fitting that Chris got to cut the ribbon on the engineering set. You know, it was the, Mm -hmm. the set that his dad is most closely tied to. And he does such a great job in the show of, of portraying Scotty that, it was a it was a bit of a no brainer i do want to point out that uh, a couple of people have asked uh, in that video they reference will smith and they're not referring to <laughs> me they're referring to the amazing guy that works with them that does all of their construction and and graphic design to some extent he is a super guy we met him when we were down there he does have a fantastic name i will admit that but uh, there's no yeah. way you would want me near constructing anything
0: uh, I, I can't agree more with you on that, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, in, in all seriousness, one of the things I find interesting with that Will Smith is that there were no blueprints for this set anywhere. They were non-existent. He did everything just by visual, uh, of what he saw, um, from watching the original series. Um, and it is, it is awesome. I mean, I use that word awesome probably 20 times. In last week's podcast, but there's no other way to describe it. It it's fantastic. It's phenomenal. It's awesome.
1: It really is. The I think it's a testament to the passion that everybody there has, and you know, it 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 comes through in their production. You know, it's it does you, you see that that passion on screen, but we're here to tell you that passion exists off screen, behind the camera as well in every department. So. Uh, Dan. Absolutely. Star Trek continues also released the title of Episode Six, the episode that we witnessed, you know, a a, a part of filming for. Um, yes. So, what yeah. is that title,
0: sir? The title is "Insert Drum Roll." Come not between the dragons. It's got kind of an ominous uh sound to it, doesn't it? It really does. I um and I I'm I'm not what sure we know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, knowing what we know, um, it is a very fitting title, and it's it's uh, it's it's going to be something. It's a great it's a great story. The title is uh uh it does it justice. I guess is the best way. I think uh, to to uh, to describe it.
1: I, I think the title is mysterious enough to make people wonder just what the heck it means. Mm-hmm. I still because you know we only witnessed a small portion of of that episode being filmed right you know we didn't see you know uh the vast majority of it is probably easier to say so i'm I'm curious as to how the title interplays with the entire episode you know the white iris wasn't evident until the very last minute of the episode so it'll be interesting to see how this title you know draws that story forth
0: yeah, I agree. I also found it interesting when they announced the title on their Facebook page, looking through the comments of what some people think that might be in reference to. Uh, it was, it was some fun reading, knowing what we know and seeing what people are posting. It was, it was interesting to see the thoughts that some of the fans have on what this might actually mean. Well,
1: our lips are sealed. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But if you have any thoughts on what you think the, t- the uh, episode title means, let us know. You can put it in the comments for this episode on Facebook or even on TrekGeeks.com itself. So give us a holler and tell us what you think. Dan, another thing we had to be fairly quiet about with regards to our visit to, to continues was the visit of a, a fairly special guest.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was really something as you may remember when we were talking about our first day on the or at the set. Um, Casey was the guy who took us around the sets first because Vic was tied up at the time and was going to be a little late getting there because he had a special guest who was coming into the studio. And that was Rod Roddenberry himself. Uh, came to the studio, got the tour, was, uh, um, very, uh, gracious. We had the opportunity, <clears throat> excuse me, we had the opportunity to speak to him for a few minutes. And it, it's, it's just, it's really something talking to somebody who is so high up there when you think about the um, the scale of what Star Trek is. He's right up there at the top based on the family name and what he's done um, uh, in his adult life with the show. Having him there was, was really made our visit even more special than it, it had been just for being there.
1: Yeah, and so did trying to dodge the tour that Vic was giving him so that we didn't interrupt it. <laughs> so we're being conducted through the set. You know, Casey Shafsky is is guiding us through, showing us the set, and we can hear Vic and Rod in another part of the ship, essentially. And <laughs> we're trying to be quiet because you know, this is the first time Rod is seeing any of this. And it was a it was just, it was a pretty funny moment. We're trying to evade them.
0: <laughs> Casey would be sneaking up to the hall the hallway to peek around to see if they were anywhere that we could see. And at one point he started waving us to come on and then he's like, no, 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 back up, back up. So we had to like scamper back across whatever room we were in at the time. It was pretty funny.
1: And I'm, I'm here to tell you, Dan is not exactly stealth, especially when he's going <laughs> the whole time.
0: Wow. <laughs> I thought we weren't going to talk about that. Well,
1: you weren't, you didn't say anything <laughs> about me. <laughs> and then lastly, yeah, from our friends, it
0: continues.
1: They actually tweeted and posted the photo of us with Vic. On set, which I thought was really cool,
0: it was very cool. It was very, it was unexpected. Uh, when you actually sent me the message to go check out their page, I was dumbfounded. I was like, "Oh my god, there we are with the man, and we are on their page, which is seen by hundreds of thousands of people." So I was very humbled and gracious to them uh, for doing that. It was, I'm very much appreciative of it.
1: Oh, without a doubt, it's the same photo that you can see on our Facebook page. Um, if you haven't been to our Facebook page, it is trekgeeks.com slash, oh, sorry, facebook.com slash trekgeeks. I have no idea where I am. And you can see the photos from <laughs> our, our set visit, uh, or at least a sampling of them, uh, because we can't release them all yet. I wonder why that right. is. So, <laughs> <laughs> lastly, surprise, news-
0: surprise. surprise.
1: <laughs> lastly, in news, Dan, there's a, uh, a fan made teaser trailer that's making the rounds, and you and I have some different opinions on it.
0: A little bit. It happens from time to time. Even though mine's usually right, uh, we can have differing ones from time to time. That's all right, Bill. I think we can Um, both agree on this, how wrong you
1: are. I think we can both agree on this, how wrong you are.
0: (laughs) Well, there's a fan-made teaser trailer out there for having Deep Space Nine uh, remastered on Blu-ray. Um, it's just a quick two minute trailer somebody put together of, of, of some of the screens and ops and, and orbits around different planets. There's really nothing in it that, that, uh, references any particular character or episode to my recollection. But watching it when I did and seeing the sets or the, or the, or the screens, it made me think of the show and how much I've always loved it again. And being able to see it in that clarity. Would be something that I would be so willing to have happen and I would put my money down on the counter immediately to get it. It makes me want to see Deep Space Nine on Blu-ray all that much more and seeing this trailer. Um, additionally, it, it it's, it's disappointing and upsetting to me because you mentioned to me recently that you just recently, that you just picked up Enterprise on Blu-ray. Yes. I'm sitting there going, man. Enterprise is on Blu-ray, but they still haven't done Deep Space Nine on Blu-ray. It's disappointing. This fan-made trailer made me hope, hope that it happens.
1: Well, but Enterprise is on Blu-ray because Enterprise was shot in high def. Right. Deep Space Nine would have to be completely remastered the same way Next Gen was. Yep. And so that's the only reason why it made it out. It made it out before Next Gen, quite honestly, because it was the one that was essentially ready to go. Yeah. I... I, I even don't like calling this a trailer because it's not a trailer. It's, it shows the graphics in ops and that's really it. A trailer actually gives you something to look forward to. And mm-hmm. this doesn't because at the end of the day, as nice a job as these people did, it's meaningless. CBS doesn't care about it. So I, it's, yeah, it's great. It would have been better to call it something that's not a trailer because it's not a trailer. Deep Space Nine isn't coming on Blu-ray anytime soon. Unfortunately, as much as I wish it would,
0: you're mean. <laughs>
1: you, <laughs> people can't see you, but you're rocking back and forth slowly,
0: <laughs> like you need an adult. <laughs> yeah, it, it really. You know how how many years did it take for next gen to get remastered? I don't know uh, a lot be, because the reason I ask is because you know, unfortunately, and and I don't mean that in a bad way, but. Deep Space Nine has never gotten the recognition I think that it deserves as it's, as it's our favorite series, uh, spinoff series. And I think because Next Gen has always been considered the number one spinoff, Deep Space Nine won't get the attention to get that remastered that I think it should.
1: Well, Deep Space Nine is the Jan Brady of Star Trek shows. Let's be honest. Yeah. You know, yeah. the studio never really quite knew what to do with it per se. It wasn't Next Gen and it wasn't Voyager, so it was never the flagship. It was the yep. second show in syndication, and it didn't launch a network like Voyager did. So right. it it's it, it did okay, you know, as far as uh, as Paramount was concerned at the time. And now it's just another show with Star Trek in the name. Mm-hmm. So yep. again, I think um, these guys did an amazing job with what they did, but it's it's just not a trailer.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. I wish it would get some legs. We're going to actually post the video uh, of that trailer um, on our website so everyone can take a look at it. Um, it makes me want to see it, but I, I totally understand what you're saying saying, but, you know, you're just mean, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Speaking of being mean. Yeah, let's be mean to some characters. (laughs) So we're going to talk about the original series. um, And we thought that we... I love the original series. I I love it too. But there's a whole bunch of characters that I absolutely can't stand, and I know there are for you too. I mean, let's be honest. There's some dead weight on that show. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Lots. And we thought it might be interesting to look at the characters that we just wish had been done away with entirely. Um, as we talk about the original series, so we've each come up with a list of five, and uh, we probably will will trade mm-hmm. off. Dan, I'll let you go first. With you can go in whatever order you want to. But okay. which right. character do you not like, or or hate, or want to see beamed into deep space in a wide pattern dispersal?
0: Wow, I like the way that you think, man. Actually, I'm gonna go um kind of off the track for my first one because it's original series, but it's not original series TV show um, I never could stand the idea of Cybok from Star Trek 5 um, I thought it was a poor character um, I didn't think that I, I think that because of the way that Star Trek 5 is is recognized as one of the poorer of the motion pictures that certainly didn't help either. I just didn't like the idea of, oh, my God, all of a sudden, he's got a half – Spock's got a half-brother, and he has emotion, and he's going to want to get to the center of the galaxy to talk to God. I just never liked it at all. Hated it.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, share your pain with me and gain strength from the sharing. That's what we're doing this segment. <laughs> I, I, I have to say – couldn't help but feel your pain. <laughs> I couldn't help but get a haircut before the time I got to Shakari. You ever notice that? <laughs> Cybox hair goes from a mullet to a rather short crop. It's like you had time to stop yeah. by the barbershop on the Enterprise A. Eh?
0: Maybe Mr. Mott was there.
1: Well, we have no idea how long Bolians live for, so that is entirely possible.
0: It is possible.
1: So the first character I would love, uh, that I love to hate, has to be Ambassador Robert Fox from A Taste of Armageddon. He's the, he's the ambassador that you know beams down to the planet thinking, ah, "I, got this," and they take him captive, you know, and the whole crew of the enterprise is supposed to report to the chambers to be disintegrated. It, <laughs> I hate this guy for a number of reasons. One, he's an ambassador, yet he's the biggest jerk on the bridge during all of his scenes. He couldn't negotiate, you know anything. What makes we think we can deal with aliens if he can't deal with Spock?
0: Oh, That's true. Or I, Scotty, I, I mean. think part of the reason—I think part of the reason was because of that weird collar on his uniform. He had put his fishbowl over.
1: Well, and he's got these gigantic <laughs> bags under his eyes. I thought at first it was a makeup. <laughs> I, was just, I thought at first it was, I was a makeup prosthetic. Say
0: needed to sleep. <laughs> I'm dying here. I thought it was. <laughs>
1: I thought it was his makeup, but if you look at it in high def, it's not. That's how the guy looks. It's how the actor actually yeah. looked. Uh, I think his name was Gene Lyons, but, um, and if I, I think about it, at that point when they filmed that, the guy is the age that I am now. I thought for sure he was in his 60s when he made that.
0: Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. That's, that's, that's painful. So, wow. Ca- characters I
1: hate just about every ambassador, but particularly Robert Fox. <sighs>
0: wow. I- <laughs> I still can't get over the, the baggy eyes. That's a riot. Um, okay. So next on my list, let's, uh, let's move along. Um, Lieutenant Styles from oh. Corbomite Mike Maneuver. Get rid of him. What a tool bag that guy was. You know, the, the Star Trek is based upon, you know, this, you know, every all welcoming, all encompassing, everyone loves everyone. And he is the biggest bigot that you ever see, uh, in Star Trek. He's just an ass for no reason. Um, you know, and, and I hate to, I hate to sound callous, but okay. So his ancestors died in a battle, however long ago against an alien force that they never, that humans have never seen. So now all of a sudden he's going to turn on, on Spock and think that he's a spy simply because they look the same. Huh?
1: (laughs) Here's, here's one of the things I never understood about that character. So in the future, poverty. Gone. Disease. Gone. Money. Gone. Bigotry. No, no, we still got that. (laughs) Yep. You know, Gene Roddenberry created a world that we all love, but central to many of the themes in the original series is hating another person just because they're that person. Yep. And Styles is a great example of that.
0: And yet Spock chooses to save him over the guy who is going to get married. I know, right?
1: Yeah. No, well, yeah, well. so nice job, Spock. Yeah, way to go, Spock. <laughs> so the second character I would love to see done away with is this is not going to be a popular choice among people because people generally love this episode, but I'm going to say Trelane. I can't stand that character. Actually, Squire of Gothos is one of my least favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. But that's he's a little too impish and childish. I think that William Campbell took it a little over the top on that one. But yeah, it's just oh. I, I could I thought that the Q was a much better representation of what a race like
0: that should be. Oh, but you saw. I was winning. <laughs> it's 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 funny that you bring that up because um in some of the in one of the novels, you know, I love the novels, you find out that Trelaine was actually a Q. So right. they did tie it together in the books. Of course, it's not canon. So, um, but it was interesting that they did bring that into, uh, into the fray, so to speak. You down know, the as, road.
1: as we get older, I care less about what's canon and what isn't. And I just care about good mm. stories. Yeah. If it's a story yeah. that's told well, yay.
0: Yeah. I, I, I. I don't dislike the episode. I don't dislike Trelane, but I certainly understand where you're coming from and that it he grow he, he gets on your nerves quick. Yeah. Um somebody, even if it's a child, as as Trelane supposedly is for his race, it, it just didn't seem that uh it was it was well written. Um I mean, look at Q. Q snaps his fingers and he has a whole race in the palm of his hands ready to just blow out of existence. Right. And it wasn't really handled well with the Trelane's. St- Story. Um, but uh I, I agree and disagree with 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 this one that you chose for this, but I understand what you're saying.
1: Excellent. So who is your next selection for being voted off the island?
0: My next selection for being voted off the island, I'm not sure if it's because the actress uh or the character. I'm I'm actually having a hard time uh making that decision, but it's Dr. Miranda Jones. Wow. Uh I I don't like the episode. I don't like her character. I think it is the character because I don't mind her, um, in, oh, I'm having a mind black, the, ep, mind like the episode with Sargon, um, when she <laughs> plays a Starfleet officer, um,
1: to breathe again.
0: <laughs> 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 yep. Um, I don't like Miranda Jones. I don't like the idea of the Medusans and, and how that was all done about. And her character gets on my nerves real fast.
1: Interesting. In fact, I, rather liked her as Dr. Miranda Jones more than I liked her in the other episode. I mean I love Diana Moldauer. I don't like Catherine Pulaski. I think it's a poorly yep. crafted character. Um know, yeah, we can get into that another time we we delve into TNG, but I mm-hmm. I, I actually have the reverse opinion of you of the two characters that Diana Moldauer played in TOS.
0: That's cool. I actually like that. Yeah, oh, me too. That's pretty neat. Hey, look, we don't agree. Uh, um, I yeah, that's no, all right. Um, I think that the way that she portrayed Doctor Jones, Doctor Jones, um, might be part of it. I, I I don't know. Just something about that character. Whenever that ep- that's not an episode that I will stop when I'm flipping through the channels and watch if it's on because I don't like her. Okay, fair enough. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. the uh the next character I would love to see meet an untimely demise in the Star Trek world would have to be really? Lieutenant Kyle really I don't like Kyle I huh. I have no problems with John Winston he's a wonderful actor but I just I don't think Kyle adds any value I get that they needed a guy you know and if he first shows up he's a crewman and then he's a transporter chief and then I think he even shows up at the helm at some point or nav but I just eh eh
0: he it gets been... the agonizer pretty well in, uh, in Mirror Mirror. Yeah, but Chekhov
1: gets the agonizer so much better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can tell I'm let, saving, let me ask... I'm saving my number one pick <laughs> for last. <laughs> I think so. Let me ask you this about him. In some episodes, is it just me or does Kirk call him
1: Cow? You know, it's funny you mention it's, it's either Cow or <laughs> Carl or. Even he gets his own name wrong at times. I think they've talked about this on mission log before. You get to the animated series and it's, it's Jimmy Dewan doing his voice and he looks different uh, in the animation. It's just, it's, yeah. they could have just called him, you know, they could have picked a different red shirt every week, Yeoman Johnson, whatever. But yeah, Kyle, <laughs> I would uh, definitely blow him out an airlock.
0: Of course, he's Commander Kyle in Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan with that white goatee going,
1: which I think only happened because of Walter Koenig. Quite honestly, because they're friends.
0: Uh, oh, okay. I was not aware of that. That's the uh, story uh, I heard. That. I just thought they were just bringing back somebody for a quick cameo.
1: Still good, though. I mean, um, he—I know that he got one of those eels probably inserted into his ear, and I'm okay with that.
0: okay moving right along next for you speaking of ears speaking of ears good segue that you probably didn't even realize you were doing at the time but i didn't i didn't um i would phaser this guy uh no i would set a phaser on overload and stuff it down his pants and just watch what happens because i cannot stand dr severin
1: wow herbert
0: herbert him at all
1: Herbert. herbert Herbert.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't like the episode. I don't, I, there are some characters in that episode that I like. His is not one of them. And I think part of it is because when I was a kid, and I don't mean this to sound the wrong way, but his ears scared me. They were gross. <laughs> they really
1: were. They look like mushrooms. <laughs> you know, some of those, those yep. really, really weird mushrooms you see at the, you know, the gourmet type store, <laughs> maybe a Whole Foods. I'm not a mushroom guy, so that's what they struck me as. But yeah, okay, I, I can live with Dr. Severin. Maybe he eats the apple a little too early.
0: Yeah, Aha! yeah, I, I agree with that. I do like some of the characters in that episode. Um, I especially like seeing some of the characters from the original series show up later in Star Trek um, lore. Like, um, the guy. oh my gosh, what's the guy's name? He played um, his his number one, so to speak. Um, but he shows up as the general in, in Little Green Men and Deep Space Nine. Charles Napier. Um, I can't think of his name at the moment. Charles Napier. Uh, um, but, uh, thank you, sir. Very good. See, I'm, I'm, I'm in big trouble tonight with, uh, with Stump the Geek, but, um, yeah, sure. I, I liked, I liked his character. I just did not like Severn.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Uh, uh, yeah, blow him out the airlock. I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> Phase room. <laughs> okay. So the Boom. next character that I would, thoroughly do away with. And this would mean doing away with two episodes of the original series is none other than Harcourt Fenton Mudd. That's right. Harry Mud can't stand that character or those episodes. Get him out of here.
0: 1,000% oh. in agreement. As a matter of fact, that's the only one that we had that was the same uh, on our list. I don't like either episode. Um, I think the characters, uh, I think it, those were attempts at comedic star trek and i think they failed in that aspect of it um it's unfortunate that even in star trek in the darkness they reference that guy uh yeah the yeah Mud incident totally totally agree with you on that one man
1: <laughs> well then let's let's not waste any more time the last character <laughs> i want to see meet an untimely demise and i hope this happens in renegades oh god i hope it happens Is Anton Pavel Chekhov. Now, I know that this is not going to sit well with some people. Again, this is not a statement on Walter Koenig. Mm -mm. However, I can't stand the fake Russian accent, which is not a Russian accent. I can't stand how (laughs) Chekhov knows everything. I can't stand how everything was created in Russia, including Quadro Triticali. It's just they they didn't have in the first season and we didn't miss him. That's all I'm saying.
0: All right. Well, so if, if you, so he, so you say that he knows everything. I think that's funny because if you put on a Russian accent, then that would be you. Oh. (laughs) Wow. I joke. I jest. I kid. I I have to because I'm sure that there are some people that are getting high blood pressure on the fact that you chose Pavel as one of your most hated. I don't disagree with you, though, man. Um, he, she, I don't, I don't hate the character. But he's certainly not one of my favorite characters. Um, and some of the things that you're pointing out are things that I've always known, but never put it in that context. Like Russia was the invention of every single thing that, that any episode that he's in, he's going to say a Russian invention somewhere. Right. So yeah, I can, I can see why you don't like that.
1: Well, and let's be um, honest. The character was created because the network wanted to draw in younger viewers. It wasn't mm-hmm. created because they thought it was a natural extension of the story. The network wanted more kids. And that's really yep. why Chekhov exists. Let's be honest.
0: I, I've always thought of it as they wanted a character to remind everyone of the Beatles or the monkeys because it was in that time frame. Yep. He's got the look for that. Um, I don't know if that's what they wanted to do. But I've always thought that, that that's what it always has reminded me of.
1: Well, I think that's a story that's been told in various forms over the years, quite honestly. but okay. Yeah. Um, I, I am hoping that Walter gets uh, a death scene to rival – Spock's in Star Trek Do The Wrath of Khan. Um, <laughs> I want to see Chekhov pushing up daisies.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> maybe they'll turn him into transparent aluminum. I don't know.
0: Wow. I know. Uh, one thing I, I do want to bring up in regards to Chekhov and the movies is one thing that I have always hated about one of the most beloved Star Trek movies and that Star Trek 4. I never have liked how they handled his character with the interrogation. And then with the um uh quote-unquote surgery in the hospital, I thought that belittled his character. I thought it made his character look like a joke, especially in those scenes.
1: In both Star Trek's four and five, his character is largely comic relief. And yeah. it you're right. It, it doesn't do the character justice. Let's talk about Star Trek three, where for half the movie, Chekhov is dressed like the kid on the Dutch boy paint can. And then they make, they change his costume partway through, and you don't notice it until later on. It's like, you know, he looks like Little Lord Fauntleroy, for God's sake. <laughs> Other than that, I've got wow. no strong feelings about Pavel Chekhov.
0: Wow. You are, anybody who pulls out the Little Lord Fauntleroy has got some serious rage issues.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Walter, I love wow. you. Pavel, not so much. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to listeners of the Trek Geeks podcast so you can check out their service. You can select your free audiobook from over 150,000 titles in Audible's library.
0: And if you're interested in Star Trek titles, you might even check out one of these currently available on Audible.com. Imzadi, Spectre, The Return, Sarek, and my favorite, The Eugenics Wars, The Rise and Fall of Khan, Noonien, Singh.
1: To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com/trekgeeks. Again, that's audibletrial.com/trekgeeks for your free audiobook.
0: And we would like to thank audible.com for sponsoring our episode.:
1: <laughs> All right, Dan, moving on, let's talk about some things we really love. You and I have some all-time favorite episodes of the original series. I mean, there are so many to choose from, let's be honest. Of the 79, there were a lot of fantastic episodes. That we have watched time and again over the years. And we'll probably run yep. through this list probably a little quicker than we might normally so we can get to stump the geek. But um, why don't you go through your entire list and, and tell me what you like about each episode?
0: Oh, okay. All right. That sounds like a good idea. Um, in no particular order, although I will save my all time favorite for last, but the other ones are in no particular order. Okay. And some of them might surprise you as one of the things we like to say, the champion rule, as you've, as you've mentioned several times, somebody's favorite is somebody's most hated and somebody's most hated is somebody's favorite. We'll leave it at that. Um, I love mirror mirror. And I'm sure you know why.
1: <laughs> no, uh, uh, I I don't think I know that. <laughs>
0: I love the whole introduction of the Mirror Universe. I love Spock with a beard. I like the violent aspect of that, um, federation. Um, I thought everybody did did a great job, uh, playing roles in a way that they normally wouldn't play them. So I've, I've always thought of that as one of my favorites. Um, moving along, Doomsday Machine has always been one that I will stop and watch until it's, until the episode ends. I've always loved it. I especially love the remastered version of that mm. with the special effects that are more in line with what you would imagine you're seeing when you're watching the space battle with the doomsday machine. Yeah. Uh, I love Decker. I think he's great as he's losing it. Um I just I just that's one of my one of my all time favorites. It's probably two or three, as a matter of fact, top three. Um Gamesters of Triskelion has always been one of my favorite ones. Uh, mostly because I love Galt. I think his character has always been one of my favorites. Not so much a villain because he's not really a villain per se. Um, I just like – I like his voice. I like the way he glides across the room whenever he's on the screen. Uh, it's like he's got roller skates under his robe. Um, <laughs> and of course – any episode that has Shauna in it, you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. But I like the episode. It's a good, it's a challenging episode for Kirk and the crew and what they have to do in order to escape. Um, I did think that the, the little Jimmy Dewin brains at the end was a little corny. I say Jimmy Dewan because as we know, he voiced them or at least one of them. Um, but it's always been one of my favorite episodes. I like that one. Um this one might surprise you Bill. I actually changed my list to include this one, but I've always been a huge fan of What Are Little Girls Made Of.
1: Wow, um, that does surprise me.
0: Really? No, it's it's I, not a I, bad I,
1: episode, you know.
0: What's that? It's
1: not a bad episode.
0: No, I've always it's always been one that intrigued me. It's really the only Christine Chapel episode out of the entire 79. There's really no other ones that focus in on her in any way. Um, other than just having her on set and, and having a couple lines here and there. Um, I love Ruck, the, the giant android. Um, little trivia for those that might not know is that he's also the voice of Baylock in the Corbinite maneuver. Um, I like his character. I love the episode. I like the part in that episode or love the part in the episode where he finally Kirk breaks through to ruck to make him disobey Roger Corby and he starts yelling I'm going that's going to come up later on today by the way. Um I think that that episode um it's a first season episode so you can see some of the mm, they're not really in sync with things yet on the show. Uh but that's always been one of my favorites. I, I I do like that one a lot. Um and finally for me my favorite most beloved Star Trek the original series episode is core of maneuver. Yeah. I love that episode. It is remarkable to me. It's an early episode in the show. Um, there's still a little, you know, Spock had grins a little bit. So his whole, the whole character of Spock isn't fleshed out completely, but I just love it. I, I like Bailey. I like how he has to, he has his struggle, McCoy and Kirk go right at it with each other on, on their disagreement with how to handle Bailey. Um, I thought I th- I, that's my favorite one. I think that's my that is my favorite episode.
1: That's that's a great list, and I have to say, going back to what are little girls made of, I don't think of Ted Cassidy as Ruck. I think of Sherry Jackson. How could you not? <laughs> she does a great job yes. in that episode.
0: It, wow, did we just have another Vic Michelle moment? <laughs> we <laughs> oh my totally God, it's did. Rock! <laughs>
1: Well, um, my list, I kind of suspected you would pick some of the ones you did. And although I do love a, a great many of those, I tried to pick ones that were different so that we didn't go, oh, yeah, I like that one. Oh, yeah, I like that one. <laughs> so I'm going to say that of the, you know, the five episodes that I will watch time and again without fail, I'm going to start first with Dagger of the Mind. I don't know why. I just love that episode. The whole idea that there's this machine and they sit people in front of it and it puts them in a trance and they use it for rehabilitation. I think it's a great statement on the uh the prison system as well as the mental health system. And then plus you got James Gregory torturing, you know, Bill Shatner. That's that's a pretty good episode for me. Yeah. Next, and this is one that I I'm sure surprises a lot of people. I absolutely adore the episode Specter of the Gun. Love it. And that's because I love the the gunfight at the OK Corral lore. I love the movie Tombstone. I love the fact that Chekov dies. I'm bummed at the <laughs> fact that he didn't really die. But it was one of the first episodes I saw, and so I it's a bit of a touchstone for me when it comes to Star Trek. I uh it's yeah. just it, it looks cheesy because it's a, a season three episode, I believe, and the budgets were cut and I don't know. It just it warms my heart whenever I see it.
0: Let me let me say this about that because, yeah, it does look cheesy, but I think that they handled it well because they made a point of saying stuff is incomplete based on what they were able to grab from their mind. So I think that they explained it well even though it did look cheesy. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah.
1: And plus, the whole power of positive thinking, in a sense? It was an underlying theme of that episode. It went a long way. Uh, I also I love, we mentioned earlier a taste of Armageddon. It is by far one of my top three or four favorite episodes of Star Trek. Yep. The whole thing—forget Ambassador Fox for a minute—just the <laughs> whole story of of warfare and how ugly it is. And it becomes so ugly in advance that we don't even really wage war anymore. We just let the computers do it, and people just show up to die. Mm-hmm. What a great science fiction story! You know, I'm sure yep, it's a kind of on,
0: Logan Runish.
1: To to an extent, I'm sure it's evocative of other sci-fi, but it's the first time a story like that was told on television. And it's, it's absolutely compelling.
0: Uh, um, one of my, um, to, to, break in real quick, one of my favorite, um, uh, bloopers of the original series is from that episode, where it's a very dramatic scene. And Shatner's talking to the, to the, to the head guy from the planet. And he goes, do you mean to tell me? And then he can't remember his line. He goes, that was something you told, really told me. I just love that blooper. I thought it was a riot.
1: I, um, I also love balance <laughs> of terror. It was another one of the first episodes I ever saw and it has stuck with me the whole way. I mean, it's a, it's a total bottle show, but it is, it's, it, it's a submarine hunt. You know, it's, yep. it, it's a fantastic job by both Bill Shatner and by Mark Leonard. You know, you really get a sense of the Romulans and their, their militaristic culture and, mm-hmm. and how, you know, we don't necessarily want to take these actions, but we have to destroy that ship before it makes it back home. Yep. We, we don't have a choice. So, I I thought it, uh, I think it's incredibly compelling, and it's an episode that I absolutely adore. And then the last one, it's not my all time favorite number one. Um, That's probably Corbin Might Maneuver because that's the very first episode I recall seeing. But I will say Amok Time. You know, the music and Kirk fighting Spock and
0: Krika!
1: I mean, (laughs) to pow, it's, you know, all of Vulcan in one package. Yep. How can I back out now?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love Amok Time. It is imminently quote- Oh, Go ahead. Do it. Do it. Gil Spock? That's not what we came to Vulcan for, is it? <laughs> <laughs> that was the first quote you ever got me with, the first Im- impersonation you ever got me with. I never yeah. get tired of that one.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: But uh, <laughs> yeah, for me, it, it doesn't get much better than Amok Time. It is one of the best episodes of Star Trek, the original series, yep. hands down.
0: Awesome list, man. Love it.
1: Well, Dan, what you're not going to love is what comes next. <sighs> oh, God. Blah, 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 blah. so as you recall it's time for stump the geek that's right five questions in one bonus this time we've done something a little different the rules are still the same dan can't use any reference materials he's not allowed to look anything up he's got to rely on the information stored in his brain to answer all of these questions so already as we can as you can no doubt see he's at a disadvantage This time, all of the questions are centered around the characters of the original Star Trek, and I will tell you now that could mean the original series, Star Trek 2009, or Star Trek in a Darkness. The animated series is not part of this challenge. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I did think about doing an all animated series, Stump the Geek, in which you would not get a question right, but... Probably not. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) So five questions and the double or nothing bonus. Dan, we will start with question one. For That's
0: one th- a good place to start. Oh, thank you.
1: For 1,701 points, I wonder mm-hmm. what that number
0: is. I have no idea.
1: In a taste of Armageddon, since we've talked about that episode today, what was the code that Ambassador Fox had the Enterprise ignore in order to approach a mini R7?
0: Oh, my good Lord. This is going to be one of those episodes today, I think, huh?
1: You remember after <laughs> Geek the Stump, I told you that the next Stump the Geek was going to be brutal. More brutal than ever before.
0: <laughs> I, I can I can picture his voice, of course, but, oh boy. Um, yeah, that's not going to be one that I'm going to be able to get off the top of my head. Uh, <clears throat> I'm, a- I'm, not, I'm not going to keep people waiting. Um, I'm going to uh, pass. Unfortunately. Oh, that's a shame.
1: It is code 710, which is oh. a communications code instructing ships to, under no circumstances, approach the planet sending
0: it. Okay.
1: Code 710.
0: 710. Thank you.
1: You're going to notice a theme throughout all of these questions today. <laughs> They're all episodes or characters we've already talked about in this episode. Oh, I that. Like and with that. question two... For 3,700,000 and one point Uh, in which episode is Lieutenant Kyle first referred to by name? So in the first episode in which we see John Winston as Kyle, you never hear his name. Which episode is he addressed by name?
0: Well, let's see. It's not going to be Mirror Mirror because that was season two. Uh... He was in all three seasons. I do know that. Um, let's see. Yeah.
1: You really wish that I had an agonizer right now to put you out of your misery, don't you? <laughs> I
0: do. <laughs> trying to think of which one was Space Seed first. Uh, so, well, I'm going to say Space Seed.
1: And you would be wrong. I'm sorry. Ah. So he first appeared in Tomorrow is Yesterday, but he was credited as the transporter chief. He had no set identity until Spock addressed him as Lieutenant Kyle in Who Mourns for Adonai. Really? Yes. Really. Huh. So, Dan, you are Ofer. Ofer. Two questions. Can I say one thing?
0: Yeah, go ahead. My entire life, I've been calling it Who Mourns for Adonis. Um,
1: there are various pronunciations. Uh, Adonis oh, okay. would not be one of them. Oh, all right. I've heard Adonai I've heard Adonaius. Um, okay. Mission Log went back and forth on theirs. Uh, I think John hmm. pronounced it one way, and Ken did another. If memory serves, but um, I chose the one that I liked the most. I like that. So, as I was saying, you are o four two, but question three is coming up, and Dan, this one is worth thirty seven points. Oh. So you've got a chance to get on the board and off the schneid <laughs> with this question. <laughs> what was the name of the drug Harry Mudd was using to make Eve, Ruth and Magda more beautiful to sell to the miners on Rigel? We're of course talking about the first season episode Mudd's Women. Yeah. Classic episode as much as I can't stand Harry Mudd. Harry Mudd a little more scoundreless in that episode Oh man,
0: Um, that one is one I should know Give me a second here Yeah, yeah, yeah (laughs) It's a good thing there's music playing I'm glad there's music playing, yes, yes Oh man I cannot think of it again This is not a good night Uh, Arrgh it's on the tip of my tongue. When you, as soon as you say it, I'm going to be so upset. Oh, well,
1: I can't wait to hear that how that sounds, <laughs> um, because I'm
0: ready to tell you. No, I don't want you to tell me. Hold on. Hold on. Um, it's a planet, isn't it? It is, uh, it is a planet. Venus drugs.
1: That is correct, Dan. Oh, it's 37 points. That's worth the heartache. I pulled you out of the fire on that one. I hope you <laughs> appreciate that. Thank you a, for
0: giving me the hint when I said it's a planet.
1: I gave Ooh. you... You you were part way there. You were eighty percent there. I just I gave you a little nudge.
0: Yeah, gave you a little nudge, pushing me off the cliff, so to speak.
1: That's pretty much it. So Dan, yeah. <laughs> that takes us to question four. You are now one for three Ugh. in Major League Baseball. That would be three thirty three, and still a respectable showing.
0: That's yeah, not too bad. So
1: for twelve million three hundred seventy nine thousand one hundred twenty four points in the Tos episode, Squire of Gothos. Which officers does Spock assign to the landing party to find Kirk and Sulu?
0: Hey, <laughs> Isn't that funny that that's something that you never really think about until you're asked? I know, right? Jeez.
1: And I say this knowing that I am completely screwed the next time you do kick the stump.
0: I... Oh, there's going to be another time? Okay, good. No, good, no, good, actually, thanks.
1: well, no, there's not, so forget it. Forget uh,
0: <laughs> <that>. <laughs> and they were, not, answer me this, if you can. Mm-hmm there were just were there two or three there were three all right I know one of them was DeSalle that's correct that one I remember and then there was a guy and a woman Um, I'm not going to be able to get the guy's name I think the other one was a yeoman Uh, I'm not sure of the last name I'm not sure I'm pretty sure she was yeoman but I can't think I can picture her face Totally do not know what the third guy was, so I'm going to have to say no to him, and I can't think of the old girl's last name. Just know she was a yeoman. Well, I think her first name was... Uh, can't even think of that either.
1: Okay. Uh, well, you're not even close, really. Mm. So Dr. <laughs> McCoy was assigned. <laughs> really? Yeah, Bones was on that landing party, so it was DeSalle. You had that one right. Okay. And then it's been a while since I've watched the episode, but I'm going to get potentially get the name wrong. Lieutenant Jaeger or Jaeger?
0: Yeah, that's the guy. Yep. Jaeger. Yep. That's him. That's one I couldn't think of his name.
1: So Bones was the third guy. Okay. So Thanks. Dan, you are standing on at a solid (laughs) thirty-seven points.
0: Yeah. An episode of Voyager Man. Yeah. (laughs) Thirty (laughs) sevens.
1: You have a chance to redeem yourself with this question here, and it is for three hundred and seventy nine million points. So no pressure,
0: buddy. Yeah, no, not like there has been so far. So I
1: essentially just took the number 37 and put it in front of 9 million.
0: So, yeah, you have whose there, idea so. was
1: to come up with this stupid trivia game? Uh You. That's all you. <laughs> so, Dan. All right, I'm ready. Question five. The last of the regular questions. Which member of the Clanton gang was Chekhov filling in for Inspector of the Gun?
0: Ooh. Uh, let's see. Let's go it was uh did not billy clay billy survive the gun. billy billy claiborne that is correct sir did billy, did billy not survive the gunfight yep yes that's it
1: that is correct for 379 million points giving you a total of 379 million and 37
0: <laughs> how stoked are you Ooh. buddy I'm, I'm not going to answer that question until I hear what you have ready to fire at me for this bonus. Because <laughs> well, you've been itching on it for months.
1: I have had this bonus tucked away okay. for a while. And it is, there are 13 possible answers. You only need oh. to give me seven. Okay. So, this will be double or nothing, and I'm not doing the math right now, because it's a okay. lot. And I'm not good at math. <laughs> So I mentioned that I could pull questions from the original series, Star Trek 2009, or in this case, Star Trek Into Darkness.
0: Ooh, an Into Darkness question. That
1: is correct. People can say what they want to about the movie. It happened, and this question deals with part of that movie. Okay. In that film, we see a series of historical ships in Admiral Marcus's office as he talks with Kirk and Spock about sending the Enterprise to the Ketha province to fetch Khan or in this case John Harrison okay. name seven of the 13 ships seen oh, in Admiral Marcus's office
0: I uh, know one of them was the NX-01 the Enterprise that's correct um, so I'll go with that one um, oh boy what else I think we saw one of the Wright brothers airplanes that's correct think um yep i believe there was a oh boy was um one of the first um landing uh united states landing capsules uh oh god i don't know if gemini is the right word i'll say gemini but one of the first rockets the that the united states launched that is correct um is is it gemini yep it's gemini it's gemini space capsule okay okay um, I know that um, Cochrane's ship was there, so that was the Phoenix. That's correct. And uh, um, oh boy, I think wasn't Spot uh, Kirk's father's ship was there too. That's the um, the Kelvin. I think that was the was one of them as well. That's correct. Uh, how many is that? That is five. You need two more. Okay. Oh boy. Um, what was the, the name of... Um, it's also in the the opening scene for Enterprise. Chuck Yeager's ship was the... Um, uh, was it the X-18? The X-15. I'm going to say the X-15, which is Chuck Yeager's ship. That is correct for number six. Oh, my dad will be proud of me on that one. Um, well, one more to oh, go. God, the... Um... What's the silver? It's a, a the Spirit of St. Louis, the silver plane. Wow! One of the first ones that we passed. That oh is, God. is that it? is that enough?
1: That is enough. That is seven out of the thirteen. Yeah, woo
0: hoo! I'm pro- I'm 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 happy with that, man. That what? was pulling some serious ships out of my butt. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't come to that. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this: since you have the list, yeah, have we? I don't know the name of it, which is obviously why I didn't say that one. One of the ones that's always stood out to me, it's like a giant – it reminded me of a Vulcan ship in that it had a ring with another part of the ship going through it. Yep. I'm gonna, do you have the name of that one? I'm go I have th- no idea what that one is. I'm
1: going to go through the whole list if you give me a minute. How about oh, all right. you do the math and figure <laughs> out how many points you won.
0: All right. Let me get a pen. What did I have? Uh, three hundred
1: seventy-nine million thirty-seven. Okay. So, going yeah. through the list. Now, as you watch that scene, we are going from right to left as Marcus is walking down the line of ships. Okay. And we see, in order, the Wright Brothers Flyer, the Spirit of St. Louis, the V-2 Rocket, the North American X-15, Chuck Yeager's ship, the yep. Vostok.
0: the heck is that?
1: It's a Russian... Uh, uh, <laughs> That's it's weird. Russian you see the Gemini space capsule you yep. see the Ares 5 rocket you see the one you just asked about the XVC 330 ring ship
0: hmm. Okay.
1: you see the Phoenix you see the NX Alpha you see the USS nice. Enterprise NX 01 you see USS Kelvin NCC 0514 and lastly you actually see USS Vengeance the, the the ship that Marcus builds in Into Darkness.
0: Oh, what, I was the NX Alpha ever seen in anything? In the, I believe it it's that? seen
1: in the opening credits for Star Trek Enterprise.
0: Oh, okay. Maybe I've always confused that as just being the Phoenix. Interesting. Okay, I Let's check that. Out. Got all these from
1: Memory Alpha in order, so I relied on that yes. for my source material.
0: So, according to my calculations, calculations. I now have 75,800,074 points.
1: You were bad at math because you started off with 379 million.
0: I thought you said 37 million. I'm sorry. No, no. I typed it wrong.
1: <laughs> so let's just say you got a lot of points and wrap this puppy up. How's that sound?
0: I think that's great. And I'm very happy that I was able to get that one because I know that you've been dying to use that question.
1: I'm only so, bummed thanks. that you actually got it right.
0: <laughs> that's why I'm so happy, man. So, well, Dan,
1: if people want to suggest other Stump the Geek or Geek the Stump questions, how might they get in touch with us?
0: Well, um, there's a whole bunch of different ways uh, on Twitter, Facebook and Skype. Our handle is Trek Geeks. Uh, you can also send us an email at Trek Geeks at Starfleet.com, Or you can also uh, leave a voice message for us by calling uh, 508-784-1701. If you want to send Bill an individual tweet, his handle is at TrekGeekBill. If you want to do the same for me, my handle is at DCDDS9. Also, you can join our Facebook group called Camp Kittimer and leave us any comments or suggestions there. Uh, Facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer is the address. Uh, we will let you write in. Uh, bring your friends along and we'll have some Camp Kitimer fun there on Facebook. Um, Just always please remember that any comments or messages you leave us uh, may be used in a future episode, Bill. That's correct, Dan. Thank you so much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) As usual, we want to thank our friends in the band Five Year Mission. They are five amazing guys who do music that we absolutely love. You hear it all throughout the Trek Geeks podcast. And they are so kind and gracious to let us use it every single episode. We know they just finished off a, uh, a great weekend at Starbase Indie recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, once again, we just we can't thank them enough. So we hope you'll go out to 5 download all their music, and, uh, and listen to it because it really is fantastic. We want them to be the house band at STLV in 2016. So please let CBS and Creation know that you want that to happen too because believe me you're going to love it yes you will so Dan that puts a wrap on episode 40 of Trek Geeks of Star Trek Podcast we'll be back next week with episode 41 and until then we hope everybody lives long and prospers
0: yes yes it had been so long I had forgotten the old ones the ones who started brewing that was the equation Dark roast, decaf cancels out coconut. (laughs) You have issues. (laughs) (laughs) I said I like rock, what can I say? just watched Vic's newest message.
1: I I didn't know there was one.
0: I just noticed it on Facebook they got a he's got a message about the next Kirkstarter coming out early next year. <clears throat> the final Kirkstarter, as he said. Final? Yeah, it's gonna be the final fundraiser to finish the five year mission. It makes me sad.
1: But they're they're only up to episode six. I'm sad. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Because I want them to keep going.
0: I want them to go a long time. Long time. (laughs) Long time. (laughs) I've got an awful cough.
1: I have felt nauseated
0: all day. Great. Yeah. You got any, uh, of today? I just have water because my stomach's oh, upset. Good. you go. All right. What are you drinking? <coughs> it's that uh it's that time of the year, my friend. I
1: hoped you were going to say poison, but okay.
0: <laughs> wow. Gingerbread head. Oh, very nice. Yes. Shipyard. They it. do
1: some nice brews.
0: Yeah, I got some good stuff. I like them. I'm not a beer drinker as you know, but I do I like that. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Melon head and gingerbread head. Of course. You, um. I'm not even going to go anywhere with what I could say about you in regards to those titles. That's true.
1: Thank you. Just made me throw up my mouth a little. A little bit. What
0: was it? Is that coming out of the side of your mouth? Oh, no. Wow. Really? Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, we had some. Aaron Nevilleishness going on this past weekend with the karaoke machine. It was pretty fun. That's uh, pretty fun. That that and that and Frank Sinatra it was Ooh, it was fun. I had my nephew crying. It was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> we did uh I did my way and then we wanted to get my uh cousins from New York in, so we FaceTimed them, and Chris and I did New York by Frank Sinatra. We had a pretty good time. That's awesome. Yeah, we had fun. It's a cool little machine. I like it. We hooked it up to the TV so everybody could see the lyrics. And then we had the, uh, mic speakers coming out of the side speakers. It, was, it, it sounded pretty awesome. It was fun stuff.
1: Nice. Yeah. I like it. So
0: yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. You get to perfect your Aaron Neville for, for next time. <laughs> I, still think, at
0: this.
1: <laughs> I still think you need to do the entire Star Trek Enterprise theme song as Aaron Neville.
0: I will be trying that. Oh, look at that nice little fan made teaser trailer. I did a preview of it. It looks good. Well,
1: it looks good on the page.
0: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's <laughs>
1: <okay>. Don't die. <coughs> You're too important.
0: So let me ask you, am I recording my side tonight or are we not worrying about that today? No, we're
1: just going with it because it's 812.
0: All right. All right, then. Mr. Man. Thanks, Mr. Man. Mr. Manly Man, Bill the Manly Man, Man Man. If he well, can't do it, nobody can. Wow, you worked at a lot of mans there. (laughs) Man, oh, man. Oh, stop. (laughs) All right, man. Oh, Oh, man,
1: that's funny. (laughs) I'm going to beat you like a drum.
0: (laughs) A man-made drum?
1: I'm going to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Go drink your gingerbread head.